When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cool. I'm Perry. This is in plain sight. And to my right, Star Fall Things Plays to be the one and only Mr. Brandon. I've been selling my Steel. soul, working all day. Before we get into this episode, can I just put my prediction on, on paper right now? That guy is fucked. Probably. He is beyond. He, if what I was reading is accurate, he's been sober for about a month. Yep. And now he's going to be thrown as a star into the music industry. Yeah, I, well, I mean, hopefully God is on his side because he's going to need Jesus' help. Maybe I've just been reading too much David, too much prophecy, uh, and now I think I have the ability, but I think, you know, my, my power of uh, foresight tells me putting the freshly recovered addict I guess into part, that environment is not Part of that probably well. depends on how much material he's got written. Oh, I always uh, feel like the real pressure comes like, how do I write sober? Yeah. But I think from what I've read, he's got quite a bit of material stacked up. You know what the other problem is going to be, though, is people fell in love with the, the performance of it. And I yeah. guarantee people are going to be saying the re, like the recorded the version of that song is not going to be as good. I mean, he captured lightning in a bottle. Yeah. He really, the moral of the story that's is... that's what he's going to be drinking shortly. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, how do you do blues music sober? Yeah, it's not a sober medium. Music in yeah. general is not really... No one ever got sober and got better at music. Well, it's like that's what's the secret sauce to this particular genre of music is pain. The only person... Severe emotional distress. The only person I can think of who got sober and really kept the uh, creative train uh, plugging on the tracks is Stephen King. He got sober yeah. and just continued to write like 10 books a year. He might have just done so much cocaine. He's just, He's just constantly high. Well, someone else who's not permanently cocaine, I don't know. This book sucks. The end. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. Off, yeah. I mean, I guess, look, it's ironic we're back on YouTube. Yeah, I know. The week his book comes out after getting a strike for him. Yeah, your boys beat the case. We beat yeah. We beat the YouTube rap. Yeah, the Jews Murder over there. Murder was the case. <laughs> it was such a good defense. Even those Jews were like, well... The law is the law. Yes, so the irony is not lost to me that we were uh, thrown from YouTube for covering this man. And then the first episode back after uh, we beat the cases, covering this man. I mean, like, how... Because the problem with these books is they're just... They're getting so bad, like, it's hard to even comment on them. Yes. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to... The last one is just going to be like, well, folks, this isn't even in English. I have hope for the last one. Because uh, it, it was supposed to be, uh, well, supposed to be a trilogy. Then it got turned into five parts. Now, yeah, he really, five has become six. He really marveled it. He was yeah. like, the first one did good. Yeah. Let's create a whole cinematic universe. All the spinoffs. And then we'll bring in TV. Yeah, they're going to suck, but and do you know how much money we'll make? Every chapter should be its own book. Yeah, so uh, this one, he split this at the 333-page mark, of course. Hell so yeah, this dude. book is only that long. But it feels, how to put this into words, uh, you know in the movie Jaws, like famously they didn't show the, the shark and it like built up the tension so that right. way when it happened, like it was a big deal. I feel like 
this is like that if you never showed the shark ever in the movie. If the movie just ended and you're like, wait, wait, I thought you were building that up to something. Well, because it feels like with this book, he, he it's probably going to be kind of back half heavy because there's, you know, a lot of moving parts. He's got to wrap up a ton based on what he's given us in the rest yeah. of the books. There's like a, we got to explain how Ascension lets us defeat COVID and all that shit. That, that doesn't get addressed in this book either. So it feels like he set all that up and then like it's it's over. The book just You ends. know what it feels like? It feels like George R. R. Martin. Yes. He built such a big universe, I don't I genuinely don't think he knows how to end it. Yeah, how to tie it together. I think he's like, I've brought up all these crazy plot lines and storylines, and I'll be honest, folks, I've got nothing. Well, I never thought I'd have to finish them. If this series of books David's putting out, if this is like a full course meal, this meal is a, it's like moose. It's just whipped air. So when they bring out, yeah. So when you're doing those, it's a 16 course tasting. Oh, it's a bite per course. I get, this is more like it's a moist towelette. If that's what we're eating. It's, yeah, this book blows, dude. But that's not going to stop us from doing what we do, which is mocking him for writing such terrible books. First, first things first, uh, credit where credit's due. There was only one author's preface in this book, which maybe is right. how I should have known I was in trouble. He didn't even have enough to, it was to all, ramble incoherently. He couldn't for, even figure out how to how to footnote it. No, this is author's preface. It's like 10 pages, and then we get right into it, which is you know was a nice change of pace. But anyways, author's preface, Michael Prophecies, book five, part one. That's the other weird thing he's doing. Is, hold on, let me see. I, I think he did that. I don't want to besmirch the man. Yeah, see, look, so this is the the teaser for uh, the next book at the very end of this one, and it's book five, volume two. So he's, he's done this thing where he's scrambled the nomenclature for his shit. So in some things, it's book six, and in other things, it's book five, part two. You can take that down. Uh, regardless, author's preface. David, uh, we start here by touching on the UFO hearings that just occurred before uh, transitioning into quoting from his insider's folly, who's his uh, Illuminati insider. Quote, the people who disclose their abuse are not crazy. They're not liars. They're not looking for attention or sympathy. They're some of the most courageous, intelligent, and psychologically honest people that I've ever known in my life. By by abuse, he means molested, right? Correct. Okay. I also, I don't think he talked to Svali to get a new quote. He just went back to find a quote that would make him look good and then inserted that here. Anyways, he wraps up uh, this miraculously short preface by quoting different Bible passages and uh, talking about how he believes they relate to the QAnon storm. Hell yeah, dude. So that's still, that, keep all that in the back pocket too. That's still, nice. still going on. And with that, Section 1, July 1999, Part 1. David, uh, he has a dream, as he often does, where people were taking this drug via an, uh, via an eyedropper. The drug made it so you get a full night's sleep in only 20 seconds. Damn. Uh, there was, Sign me up, bro. That sounds That does sound rad. fantastic. That would be so nice. You know how to, fucking efficient I'd be? I'd be addicted to sleeping. Well, you haven't heard the whole story, uh, though, because there's oh, a, just one more <laughs> drop, bro. <laughs> there's a side effect of this drug. Oh, no. And that's when you take it. It turns your mouth into a pussy. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's not a side effect I expected. You get a, a very fuckable mouth if you uh, get a good night's sleep. David's note. This is symbolic of the deep state efforts to force everyone into gender-bending ideas and behaviors, as well as their inoculations. 
The drug was intended to produce sleep. The deep state wants us to stay asleep. Is I mean, if it weren't for the fact that David probably knows he'd make a hideous woman, I would think he would consider transitioning himself. He talks a lot about it in this. Although I guess being gay is far enough. Something... That's the only way he can really save this whole thing is uh, he needs to have a, a personal revelation that most straight guys don't go to bed every night and dream about uh, gay sex or transgender uh, medicine. Or buy sizzle jackets. Yeah, I don't like. I don't think I've ever had a dream about like WPATH uh, fucking yeah. <laughs> certifications for trans people. Can't say it's come up much. I found uh, this next passage interesting because it, uh, David, he kind of tries to be coy during parts of this book. Uh, remember in previous books, he noted that Archangel Michael told him he needs to get his ego under control. So I think some of this is an attempt to do that, but he's, he's not good at it yet. Be a funny bit for the literalist if you're like, oh, he's being coy and some dude just jumps in a pond. <laughs> 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 This was the first of many prophecies telling me I would be as loved and as hated as Michael Jackson. As my mission moved forward, if the prophecies in this book come true, I will obviously be a very public figure. Just David swimming in Koi <laughs> Pond. <laughs> he does kind of have a fish-like face. No one playing Koi, guys. <laughs> oh, that's not what that meant. Uh, also, maybe you don't want to be as hated as a guy who's... The reason Michael Jackson is hated is uh, molesting children. Yeah, he, he did some things. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty valid reason to not be liked. Uh, so I, I do read this as David 100% believes he will be the most famous person on the planet, which he, he's already told us that. He's, he's going to be more famous than the Beatles, I mean, is what he, he said in the previous part. If you are like this savior of the world, I'd hope you'd get a little clout. But he kind of has to hedge that now because now uh i think he's had so many prophecies go wrong that he realizes he needs to work an out into the prophecy so now when he doesn't become as famous as michael jackson he can be like well i guess you know i just misunderstood no i meant niche fame you gotta understand i'm yeah. a micro celeb <laughs> our first dream of the book dream the first dream was very very intense I was living around a whole bunch of hard-drinking partiers. Hell yeah. As I was in real life, thanks to my next-door neighbors. This was definitely sort of scary. I looked in the mirror and realized that my left ear was now hanging on by one thread-like piece of flesh. I was trying to reconnect it. <laughs> now, let's play a game. What do you think that predicts? You're not going to get it. But... I mean, I, I don't know anymore. Well, you see, his ear was hanging on by one thread, right? Uh-huh. So that predicts JFK Jr. dying in a plane crash. Because the ear right? is hanging on by a thread, which means JFK Jr. is going to die in a plane crash. No, that checks out. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense, out. right? Uh, I think there was some... Oh, yes. And he dreamed this only 10 days before JFK Jr. died. Damn. Which is the real reason why it's predicting that is because he had a dream 10 days before and this is the only event he yeah, could tie it to. I had a weird dream 10 days before. That must mean I predicted this. David has another dream where his uh, brother found his journal and accused him of lying. David has a brother? Yeah, he does. He, he started managing him a lot more. I thought he was a single child for some reason. Yeah, because he behaves like a single child is well, the reason why. I know which one's the favorite. 
The dream is, uh, it's not really remotely interesting, but David does note that some other boy stood up for him in the dream against his bully, and it made him so happy he cried. <laughs> Damn, David even <laughs> cries in his dreams. <laughs> now, uh, David said this dream was indicative of the vicious attacks he faces online. and uh, Oh, oh, I, who would be doing that? Yeah, those, those monsters. Yeah, <laughs> who would make fun of poor Davey? Another uh, side note they just tosses in here, JFK Jr. apparently chose to die uh, in a plane crash so that it would alleviate the geotectonic stress on the planet. Which I think, I think what he's saying is the same way Bill Clinton had to get his dick sucked and get forgiven to save the Earth. Right. I think... Basically, JFK Jr. sacrificed him and uh, himself in a Christ-like maneuver. Oh, I see. In order to re relieve the stress of the planet. See, if I get to be the Messiah, I like to be the one that doesn't um, die a martyr. It seems like an unfortunate side effect of being an important yeah. figure is you had to die horrifically. No, I'd like to live a very long and, and fruitful life. I'd or, like to reign for a while. Or at least not die in a fiery inferno. Like, I don't, I don't want to die in a pile of rubble oh you know kennedy's have a way of going out in cool scenarios yeah except for rfk he no, hasn't he hasn't had anything cool not happen. yet not yet the but voice no, is kind of like a dead man's yeah, voice no kennedy dies a normal death now one of one of the best things david does is he he finds one sentence and then uses that one sentence to shoehorn in all the prophecy Hell that yeah. he didn't dream about, but he needs to have dreamed it, so he Sick. just finds something else. That sentence in this case, quote, Marconi signals are coming in. Marconi signals are coming in. Marconi. Macaroni signals are coming in. <laughs> Marconi is the he's the dude who invented radio, and David takes this sentence to be a reference to the Wi-Fi that was implanted in all of us by the vaccine. Hell yeah, dude. Not so, me, bro. Pure blood. What up, cuz? Uh, also, David kind of buried the lead in this section, but his his take on the Kennedy family is, quote, I believe the entire Kennedy family are extraterrestrial angelic souls. Well, we should probably stop murdering them. Yeah, that, that'd be a good place to start. Yeah. I don't think the aliens are going to come hang out with us. He's so funny. God's like, God, God damn it. I sent you a whole family of angels <laughs> and you keep fucking killing them. You killed all of them. You <laughs> shot three in like a three month period. We uh, we get off Kennedy and onto a dream in which David is pregnant and will need to have a C-section. He interprets this as follows, quote, Male pregnancy is very obviously prophetic of what we see in the world today, where gender is turned into a state-sanctioned create-your-own-adventure game. The C-section that was going to go through in this dream may symbolize gender surgery. Damn, uh, dude, David's going to, he's going to internet himself into going trans. I think so, yeah. Hell He's probably yeah, on TikTok just watching all that shit. If David's next video just starts with him in, like, shittily applied makeup and a fucking wig and a dress, I might... Well, here's... If David goes trans, we will 100% be thrown off YouTube <laughs> because now they're going to be able to go back through, you know, 50 episodes yeah. of us mocking a, a new trans individual. Although maybe we could spin this and be like, no, we're just trying to encourage him to come out. I think uh, so. This male pregnancy thing—if I—if I had to actually venture a guess, it's probably the the movie *Kindergarten Cop* came out, or what's the movie where? No, that's not the one where Arnold Schwarzenegger's pregnant. Mr. Mom, something like that. Something like that. There was that. a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger was pregnant, and it came out in the '90s. I think oh, David's just dreaming about eye. that. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> In my ass. That's, that's your impersonation of uh, it's him Arnold getting, Schwarzenegger him getting, getting cummed impregnated. in the ass and impregnated. Uh, what is, I just, the subheading of this section is just intensely boring. Um, <laughs> quote, 
Apostle. Apostle was uh, his roommate at one time. I think he, he switches the names he uses for his roommate to try and like not allow anyone to, to track him down. But his name's Apostle? I get what well, A P O S T O L. Apostle? Apostle? I'm sure he's I'm going being, Apostle. I'm sure he's being cute with the name somehow. Apostle then got off the uh got the idea for us to go to some type of a mosque. I believe we had already been to it once in the dream before. I knew it was a little shrine you would visit in the upstairs of someone's house. It looked like the fellowship from the street. When we went inside, there were people in both of the rooms where you'd normally change and get ready downstairs. We went into the second room. A woman was sitting in there. This was a home-based business. We had to ask her if we'd go upstairs and use the shrine. I thought we had gone in at a time when we would be able to access the facilities. The woman decided to let us go upstairs. There was something on the TV that she was watching. It was pretty intensely negative, like a horror movie. I was surprised that she was watching this. She looked Asian. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the dream ends. David's note. This appears to symbolize a deep state occult business involving prostitution and potentially far worse. Hell Hence yeah. the extreme horror movie. He just saw an Asian woman uh, in a house. He's like, prostitute. Yeah. Th- that woman's a whore. That's a mama's son. Yeah, watching horror movies. Horror. Horror. Yeah. Huh? More uh, profound David predictions. Quote, the next thing I know, there was a black woman in the room who was very beautiful. She had this shocking, huge mass of black curly hair and an incredible body. <laughs> At first, yeah, David, he, there's a lot of horny dreams in this book. <laughs> At first, I saw her posing for pictures as a model. Then she was just sitting there. She was wearing this outfit that pushed up her breasts very provocatively. Hell a, yeah. a guy was standing there next to me. I looked at her breasts. One nipple was popping out over where the shirt was supposed to hold it in. Fuck yeah, David. As, fat tits. As I looked closer, both of them were like that. Big this, fat tits. This guy proposed a solution. He gave her what looked like a cloth harness. This was going to help with her breasts since they were now being <laughs> squeezed too tightly. He put this harness over her, and her breasts relaxed. Hell yeah, dude. Her bus line is so aggressively horny. Her bus line went way up, and she wasn't exposed anymore. Then he put this whole wire frame over the front of her. It was metal that was coated in white plastic. The white wires went up and down her front and across her forehead. The wires then locked in on her forehead. This strange skeleton-like contraption also had a harness for a baby in the front. I then said to her, you can see there's something more going on here that you were supposed to do. Now, what <laughs> what do you think that passage predicted? Um, abortion? That passage also predicted JFK Jr.'s <laughs> death in a plane crash. Because you, you see, there was a, what was it, a wire? There was a wire harness, and a wire harness is like an airplane. Okay. So the airplane, the wire harness surrounded her the same way the airplane surrounded JFK Jr. Who also as loved he crashed and died. Big fat black <laughs> yeah. tits. Uh, here's another one of those sentences where he, where he gets way too much out of it. Quote, did he milk your tables? Did he milk your tables? That's, uh, you want to take a guess at that one? Gay sex. That is... Actually, also JFK Jr. <laughs> dying in a plane crash uh, and the vaccine. But uh, so the prophecy, uh, milk, anytime he mentions a liquid, it means the vaccine. And then uh, the vaccine distribution was organized 
just like JFK Jr.'s plane crash was organized. Oh, I see. But it goes further than that. Also, for good measure, Biden has milked America's wealth and attacked the cattle industry. And what does the cattle produce? Milk. Milk. For further good measure, the sentence had the word table in it. And what do you do at a table? You gamble, just the way Biden is gambling with America's future. That's just good what a, science. What a twist at the end. What do you do at the table? Gamble. gamble. <laughs> Which is, I, I thought he was going to say you drink milk at the table. First of all, you can do anything at a table. There's yeah. not like rules on what you're allowed to do I guess, at a table. I guess it depends on what type of table. That's true. Uh, yeah, if it's got you know a fucking roulette wheel built yeah. into it, of course you're going to gamble there. Section 2, July 1999, Part 2, some more horny David dreams. Dream. One section of the dream clearly featured me taking a shower with Cindy, a seductive woman who I met uh, with last night. She acted as if she was single and was being flirtatious. She also had a guy who I later realized was her husband, despite how seductive she was. It was a very weird situation. That was real life. In the dream, her character's seduction has somehow worked on me as we are now naked in the shower together. You know what that predicts? Word. You want to take a guess? 9-11? It actually predicts uh, Joe Biden showering with his daughters. <laughs> that's, that's what that one is. <laughs> oh, God, this is such pathetic prophecy. It's sad he's putting it in writing. I know, it's just... <laughs> It's, it's just pathetic. You know what this reminds me of is uh, when they have Comic-Con and there's some dude who was on a really popular sci-fi show in the 70s, but now he's charging like $80 for an autograph. Yeah. And there's two people in line. That's yeah. what this book is for David. Yeah. It's, it's a guy who's been the MLB for like 25 years and he's got 597 homers. He's just trying to get to 600. Yeah, just, just whittling out the career. But just keeps striking out. Uh, next dream. David, uh, oh, yes, quote, the only unclaimed seat left in the classroom was tied up down at the front left corner with the most violent, scary, developmentally disabled person I had ever seen. She was attacking everyone around her with physical violence. She had a frightening, droopy eye on one side. She had tied up the only (laughs) chair that remained. Yeah, no, there's a retarded troll taking up his desk. (laughs) I would, have, uh, I would have to get it from her to do the class, which no one was paying any attention to. I put my hand over her sternum and touched her with great love, even though I knew that it was a bad infection control to touch her. She turned out to be nice and gladly turned over the chair to me. Man, he must have a real grudge against <clears throat> people with autism. Ever since he worked at that uh, that house where you got paid like $7 an hour to care for invalids. Yeah, and then got fired. Yes, he's very rageful towards... Yeah. He got fired for fighting him, didn't he? Well, I think he was subduing him. Yes. And they freaked out and they were like, why are you tackling yeah, why one are you of the patients? Up a retard? And David was like, I'm trying to save him. Well, David... Uh, if oh, <laughs> I thought this was America. <laughs> If there's one thing David wants to convey in these dreams, it's that he's uh, super cool and definitely fucks not men, but women. Yeah, he's definitely getting puss, Quote, once I sat down, these guys in class started causing disruption by going after the women as if they were sex objects. For some reason, the woman teaching the class with blonde hair came up and asked me what these guys were doing. And why the class was fragmented. Oh, they're just <laughs> trying to, you know, get laid. Oh, they're just horny. I told her that they were doing intributive attacutronics, 
I said this was the idea of going after women indiscreetly just for sex. That sounds like We're, the magic of like an ancient native <laughs> tribe. It does. Well, first of all, it's made up. That's, That's not a thing. This but, is what they performed <laughs> when they needed it to rain. Intributive attackutronics. Uh. All oh, right, so they're looking to fuck without any long-term plans, clingy strings, or romantic aspirations. Everyone started laughing. They really enjoyed what I said. The teacher got angry. She said something like, how do you know that is what they're doing? You have no way to explain that. I replied, how do you know I'm not doing intributive attacutronics right now? Ooh, then, well played. <laughs> then I smiled big, and that really got her. Boom. My punchline obviously meant that I was attracted to her. It was also... <laughs> I love, I love I his... I don't be uh, throwing jokes at bitches I ain't trying to get pussy from. I love his uh, after breakdown of how good his punchline was. Dude, good. when I want a bitch, I just go up and I be like, why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> to get pussy on the other side, bitch, what you doing later? My punchline obviously meant that it was attracted to her. It was also a hilarious joke. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone burst into explosive laughter after I dropped the ball. Hell yeah, dude. The girls all started singing a song together based on those two words in the punchline. In tribute of Itekutronic, the whole class started singing the song. Order just broke down completely. The teacher couldn't even stop it from happening. All the kids started singing the song and immortalized my words. Damn, dude. David crushes. Yeah. I wish I crushed this hard in my dreams. In tribute of Tekutronics. Just getting the whole crowd hyped up on whatever that bullshit is. What a pathetic existence though for where for to be in a place where you recount dreams you had 20 plus years ago and just be like, I fucking killed it in that I dream. killed it in that dream, this dude. One time, it's not even one time in 1999. It's one time I fell asleep in yeah. 1999. Yeah. And I had a dream where I was super cool. I was super, for for a few brief moments. And now I'll present that dream in full yeah. in a book. For a few brief moments, I got to escape the reality that I'm a fucking loser. All right. So Intributive Attacutronics is obviously, you know, not a thing. But David says that Intributive Attacutronics sounds like election electronics, which oh, it doesn't. Oh, shit. Intributive does not sound like election. I guess the techotronics does sound like electronics. So, you know, one for two, that's not bad. Yeah. So that was uh, that dream was predictive of deep state election interference. Also, okay. uh, side note to this dream, eventually David and that uh, teacher end up in the shower about to fuck, but then David's mother bursts in and ruins it. Oh, no. Cock blocked by his mother? Which he doesn't provide analysis to uh, that part of the dream, but I think everyone can do the math for themselves. Yeah, his mother's the reason he thinks he's never been laid. Yep. Um, at one point, oh, that's a good one. At one point, while in sealing these writings, David reads the phrase, quote, waters of the lake and simultaneously heard a drop of water in his bath. Okay. He read the word water and heard water, which predicts... JFK Jr. Bingo! <laughs> that is a JFK Jr. dying in a plane crash. When you read oh, the word water God. and you hear water, because where did JFK Jr. die? Water. In the water. Damn right. Man, he's really <laughs> just run out of material. 
Oh yeah, this is <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is the uh, the shortest <laughs> book since I think book one, and it took me the longest time to finish. He's just he's got nothing left. No, he he has thrown out his arm. David, for the love of God, team up with us, man. I can save you. All right, so there's another dream in here, and it's got the name Gerald Sanders in it. This name is supposed to indicate Pete Peterson. Uh, I don't know how it's supposed to indicate that. But more interestingly, the Sanders refers to Colonel Sanders. Mm. So Gerald Sanders may also be a reference to the so-called Blue Chicken Cult, which was the troll community's name for anyone who followed Cosmic Disclosure. Hell yeah, dude. Which I think uh, at this point we can't be referred to as the troll community because... We were right the whole time. I mean, I guess we can still be called that. It's just we're right. We're trolling right. But it feels it feels like something else. Because usually trolling kind of involves, you know, being intentionally inflammatory, even when you know you're wrong. I mean, I guess the truth is trolling to a liar. Yeah, that's that's really all it is. We, yeah. But yes, I think uh, David has never owned up to the, the fact that Corey had that whole deposition where, you know, he admitted everything was fraudulent. He, he even so far, uh, I think he went as far as to say that Corey had to say that. Oh, I'm sure that's how David would rationalize it. But yes, I think uh, with how things turned out, I don't want to be called the troll community anymore. You you were the troll, David. You yeah. were wrong. Yeah, we're the troll slayers. Yes. Uh, and marriage ruiners. <laughs> David talks about and transcribes a radio appearance he made in 1999 on a show hosted by Laura Lee, who was a uh, UFO psychic type back in the day. There used to be a lot of psychics with radio shows back in like the, the 80s and 90s. Look, they needed people to fill time and they needed them to do it for cheap. Yeah. And you know who can sit there and babble about bullshit? Psychics. psychics. There you go. I wonder if I could host a psychic radio show somewhere. I mean, it's not that hard to do. Gary Spivey does it. That's true. Um, oh, so funnily enough, with this interview, he, he wrote out the whole transcript, and he, he felt the, the host was being aggressive towards him. But then when you read the transcript, she's just basically asking him, like, what proof do you have for, for any of the shit you're saying? <laughs> He's like, I don't get why she was being so aggressive. I don't know why she kept bitching about this proof shit. Uh, another funny note is in this interview, again from 1999, David is talking about how we're coming to the end of a 26,000-year cycle, and ascension is about to occur. Hell yeah. I'm sure that sounds familiar to everyone listening to this. Because that is also what he's been predicting in these books. Sick, so he's dude. been predicting the same thing since 1999. I guess if you don't change, it's kind of like playing the lotto and never changing your numbers. Because you know as soon as you change your numbers, those numbers will hit. Yeah. So if you just keep predicting you keep the same them, thing, yeah. eventually, eventually you got two options. Either it comes true or you die. And then you don't have to worry about it's, it. It's basically a 50-50 chance. Dying is like being right. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. You you get to die thinking you're right. Psychokinetic powers. David. He, sometimes the dreams have like stage direction. I don't know why he does. <laughs> because he, he wakes up and then he recites them into a uh, tape recorder. Uh-huh. So, but in this one, he just, he noted that he had a, a very slow and tired voice. Anyways, quote, I just had a case of totally incredible, spontaneous psychokinesis right here in the room with me. It was sudden and powerful enough that it made me take notice and wake up enough that I would dictate it on the tape recorder. My friend Don T somehow ended up with can openers for hands. Well, <laughs> well Don T, of course, will eventually be Donald Trump. You know, uh, that's, 
not in the dream, but he's saying he he chose Don T as a name to represent Donald Trump. Right, right, right. And uh, Donald Trump has can openers for hands. Right. There was a big embarrassment that he had around talking about this on the phone. How's he holding a phone if he's can openers for hands? There was one point when I finally finally realized that he had surgically replaced his hands with can openers on both sides. I was very surprised to find out that he had actually chosen to do this. It was almost as if there was a person, uh, as if he was there in person with me. He was trying to show me how it wasn't really that bad. He tried to clap his hands together, which were now two can openers. At the exact second that he slammed the can openers together, my lamp fell off the window in the room, making a huge crashing noise. It has been perfectly undisturbed for weeks without needing to be adjusted. It broke off and fell down, making a huge noise in the room. It woke me up immediately. Damn, dude. The Donald's got... Instead of the clamps. I can openers. I get folks, I replaced my hands with can openers. He said, why would you do that, Mr. President? I said, look, China hates can openers if I've got to. Presidency is going to do whatever I ask. What a stupid fucking dream. No, nobody opens cans like I do. They you want say, some minestrone here? You, you want me to open up that ravioli for you? I go right ahead. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to fucking kill myself if i got to read more of these. Alphabet <laughs> soup, I can open it for you. Little noodle soup, cream of chicken. Who loves cream of chicken? Don't we love cream of chicken, everyone? <laughs> what about mushroom soup? Mushroom soup, I love it. This dream wouldn't be interesting if someone presented it to you in one sentence when you met up with them at, like, a bar. Like, man, I had a weird dream where Donald Trump had can openers for hands. We're going to get all the soups. <laughs> Every soup, every soup, from mushroom to cream of mushroom to even chicken noodle. If you had to replace your, your hands with a household object, what was it going to be? Because can Knives. openers, I don't think, yeah, I think that's the obvious answer. I want to be able to stab. I think, uh, man, let me think here. You know what I go with? I go uh, magnifying glass on one uh-huh. just because I think it'd look cool. I think I'd look like a detective if huh. I had like a cool magnifying See? glass. Oh, no, like comically large. I yeah, wanted like the size of a dinner plate. And then the other one, uh, just a cup. Just <laughs> a, a cup, cup of yeah, gel. So I can fill, fill up my cup with various things. I would be reduced to using straws. <laughs> David's going to stop writing. <laughs> he can't keep doing this. He can't uh, keep getting away with this. The story of Edward can open her hands. Oh, I forgot to mention that dream uh, represents gender affirming care. Because <laughs> <laughs> they chop off the penis? Right. Because when you have can openers for hands, it's like chopping <laughs> off the penis. Uh, I, can't, I can't open to my penis, folks. I cut <laughs> it right off. No one ever tells you that. It happens. It happens all the Section time. Section three. The 1999 crop circles. Uh, this We're going to pretty much just skip this section. Because in one of the other books, he already did a section on crop circles. So now well, we're just like recycling. Uh, always something to say about that. I mean, this section, it's basically just David explains shapes. I, I don't know what to really say about crop circles. He do circles. loves him some shapes. Yeah, everyone who's listening to this knows what crop circles look like. I, I don't believe they're communications from aliens, but David certainly does. Yeah, I think they're meth heads. The two guys who claim to be the originators of uh, Crop Circles, uh, they they do have a story that checks out. Uh, Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, they confessed to doing it. And then when the cops searched their house, they had an archive of 200 Crop Circles uh, designs stored in a shed. Damn, they had the serial killers like, we found their trophies. So I think 
I think those guys did it. So I don't I don't know why the government would plant these guys to take the fall for crop circles, but then that same government wouldn't be able to come up with a patsy for all the other ET phenomenon shit. It doesn't really make sense. It really has a proper rhyme or reason. Uh, yes, and David hands, hand waves uh, that by, he says those two guys are basically, they're too retarded to have made the crop circles as perfect That's as they were. That's a good were. argument. Uh, Your Honor, they're too fucking stupid to have done this. Which is actually an argument that gets used a lot in this. This motherfucker flunked out of geometry <laughs> six times. You're telling me he can now do these shapes? Well, because that's, uh, that's one of the things he, he uses as a reason for why aliens or extraterrestrials built pyramids, is they're too good. Yeah. And no human could do that. Yeah, we're too inferior. Now, to be fair, the pyramids are a bit more complicated than the crop circles. but Yeah, they took a little longer. Uh Oh, and it should go without saying, but naturally the person who actually was responsible for the crop circles, Archangel Michael. Were. Yeah, well, of, of course. course. Why not? Why wouldn't he be responsible you know, for crop circles? When you have that fail safe, you're going to use it. Uh, he, he then switches this section up and goes off on a long rant about amino acids and their geometric shapes. And he ties that together with the shapes and crop circles. I think... I think what he was trying to do in this section is basically he's saying the same way amino acids are the building blocks for life. Because if you look, there's like 20 core amino acids. They all have a similar <laughs> chemical shape. Right. So I think he was trying to say the crop circle shapes are the amino acids of life, kind of. Ah, I see. Because when we, when we ascend, when we reach fourth density, we're going to be able to think things into existence. Cool. So the way we're going to do that is we have to think in wavelengths that like match the imagery of the crops. We got to think in like pictures kind of, and through that we'll be able to print things with our mind. Porn is going to be awesome. It's going to be lit. Dude, <laughs> it's going to be so cool. All we're going to be thinking about all day is tits. Make big <laughs> fat black tits appear right now. <laughs> Just big, fat, black titties is all I want to see. That's all David's thinking about in this cabin. Just, he's just, you think he's going semen retention and he's just not jerking off and that's why he's so horny? I meant to bring that up. I think he was doing that during this phase, which kind of checks out. Like, I think he was trying not to, you know, beat off or or fuck. He was trying to be like celibate. But I think that just manifested in having increasingly horny dreams over a period of, like, three years. That's what I'm saying. Where it started as kind of, like, uh, cutesy sock hop 50-style dates in, yeah. the, in the original books. Now it's just, like, big, juicy tits. Big, he might, he, huge titties. He might not even be gay. He might just want to fuck so bad. He's just so goddamn horny. And those titties represent yeah. JFK Jr.'s crash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all know what big, fat, black titties represent. Section 4, July 1999, Part 4. July was a big month for him, I guess. This uh, David David gives us some nice health advice, some cleansing advice. Oh, yes, the picture of health. David's note. This involves eating nothing but raw apples, cooked okay. apples, apple juice, black coffee, and water for three days. And you really need to chew them well. You then do a gallbladder flush by drinking up to six tablespoons of olive oil and holding your right knee to your chest for 15 minutes while lying down on your left side. First of all, if you drink that much olive oil, you will just, like, shit yourself. You're not supposed <laughs> to drink fucking oil no, like that's that. No, a, that's a lot of... And this other one is just a juice cleanse. If you do it right, you get these hard, bad-smelling, whitish gallstones that appear in the toilet after you pass waste. 
they're crystallized oh. chunks of bile. Some people will release 20 or more gallstones all at once as they do this. Once you do the liver flush, you can supposedly digest fats and proteins better because your bile is no longer being predominantly blocked inside the gallbladder. Uh, I mean, this should go without saying, but yeah, don't just eat apples and drink olive oil. That's not good. I don't think I'd recommend it. I mean, the juice cleanse sounds fine. I think the problem that people encounter when they're trying to like lose weight or get healthy is unfortunately the best advice for all that shit is the most boring advice. Yeah. Which is go for a walk, work out and eat fucking fruits and vegetables and yeah. uh, knock it off with the red meat a bit. It's not that complicated, but that's not fun advice. No one wants to hear like, yeah. Hey, eat chicken. Yeah. They want to hear, Hey, eat whatever you want and take this. So Zempic. Yeah. Or, you know, boil these apples and chew them a whole bunch. And then that'll turn you into a, a svelte man. That sounds like a, a, a recipe from the 1800s to survive when the crops were scarce. Yeah. It's like a, some sort of cider. Recipe. Yeah, boil the apples and keep the husks. You'll be able to feed your family for a week. Uh, this this next section, it has my favorite way uh, the aliens have ever ended mm, a channeling apple session. Apple stew. God, it sounds awful. You know what I have been... I've been wanting to get Martinelli's recently. Martinelli's are delicious. I fuck with Martinelli's. I've been getting into cream soda. I've noticed that. Yeah. Uh, look, cream soda. Cream soda and root beer. That's a good call. I love me some cream soda. Oh, the thing I've been doing, I've, I've upped my game again. Lemon, lime, seltzer water. Scoop a country time lemonade. Okay. And then you hit it with some of the cherry mio. So now you get a, a cherry lemonade. Damn, you're making cocktails out of this shit. <laughs> no, it's fucking delicious though. It's so good. Uh where was I? Oh, right. The aliens ending the channel session. So this is the aliens speaking. Maybe well, that was part of it. You didn't even like drinking. You just like the art of mixing. Yes, I just like blending beverages <laughs> together. <laughs> Quote, as you're aware by the losing of your voice and the intense distress in your colon that you are now feeling, it is time to end this reading. <laughs> so David's ass hurt. <laughs> you're about to shit yourself yeah. so you can stop. I like that. Uh, that's how they know to end. His anal distress is a, a meter by which he That's he so judges. funny to think of like the Archangel Michael be like, David, you can stop now before you shit yourself <laughs> Your again. Your asshole is sore. <laughs> Your anus is in distress. Please use the restroom. Here's some... Uh, you have shit yourself four times already. <laughs> Here's another astonishing prediction. Quote, we shall always have the heart to contend with. Uh-huh. You know what that predicts is... Uh, COVID vaccine issues because it has the word heart in Mild, the sentence. Little myocarditally. Yeah, and heart things happened. So yeah. he's saying he predicted that. Yeah, shot through the heart, man. It was an allusion to the jab. David, uh, he, there you go, David. I just came up with a better prophecy than you. I feel like we're going to be better at this than he is. Well, it's hard to be worse. Because once you read enough of this, you kind of get the format. And then, yes, we have the benefit of not being literally insane at the moment yeah maybe i will write my own book of prophecy go for it dude it can't be worse than this shit i want to do you know how young thug wanted to put out carter six before Lil wayne yeah what if i just put out michael prophecy's <laughs> book six <laughs> just released it on amazon tomorrow yeah, i mean that would be a pretty good troll uh right so david's persecution fantasies david's note quote my housemate had been pressuring me into eating cheap, conventional meat every night. I'd finally told him no more a few nights before this reading. I did it politely, but it turned out that he had really enjoyed controlling me and acting like I was not feeding myself properly. Or maybe your roommate had saw you eating boiled apples for the third day in a row, 
and decided to take some pity on you and yeah. throw you some meat. Yeah, maybe he was like, hey, buddy, you want a steak? Yeah, you want to eat something that's not olive oil yeah. and boiled apple? Yeah, you've kind of been shitting yourself for the last <laughs> week or so. You know, you want, you want some solid food? He got angry once I set my boundary. Shortly after, I got together romantically with Sabrina on August 11th, Hell 1999. Yeah. The teenage witch? Correct. No, he fucked Salem. He fucked her cat. <laughs> uh... Apostle started a nonstop silent treatment against me that continued until he moves out. Now, maybe it's just me, but I find it incredibly weird that he remembers the exact date he fucked someone on from 20 years ago. Well, it's only happened so many times. I guess, David, yeah. <laughs> David, note it down. I actually, you know what? Honestly, I'm the other way. It doesn't surprise me at all. I guarantee you in his journals every time he got laid, he fucking wrote that shit down. That's true. Well, I guess, you know, I don't... David needs to keep a know of his sexual conquests. I, I guess I sometimes lose uh, perspective on the fact that he believes himself to be basically a biblical figure. So, of course, yeah. he has to write everything down because eventually people will have to study it. Well, it also makes sense for that to be the gist of his notes at the time. Yeah. Was he was just like, oh, I totally got pussy tonight, July <laughs> 11th. And then now he's going back to it. He's be like... All right, well, I got pussy on July 11th, so I guess I can make this about JFK Jr. This uh, this next story, I wish he, he had... Because you know who else got pussy? JFK <laughs> Jr. When he was dying, that's why the plane crashed. <laughs> he was fucking too much. He was going down yeah. on the earth. <laughs> there you go. On Mother Earth. This next story, uh, David takes mescaline. Which, Hell yeah. Which... This should be the full David, story. Yeah, David should actually take mescaline. Uh, this is condensed to like three. Se- no, he did. This is like a, a oh, true this is in the real of world. a story. Yes. Oh, I thought he did it in the dream no. world. Quote: This uh, this story is written about in the Ascension Mysteries. Well, I guess maybe we got to pull the story out of the Ascension Mysteries. I took a pharmaceutical yellow microdot on the last day of school at my senior picnic. I got horribly poisoned by it. My pupils dilated black. I surged into a massive, a completely untreatable panic. I like when people do a bunch of drugs and then say they were poisoned. It's like, yeah, wait, no, you're high on drugs. You took mescaline at school? Uh, for the senior picnic, I guess, yes. Why would anyone take mescaline for a picnic? Uh, do people not understand how mescaline... That's like a 15-hour trip. Yeah, I don't think that'd be fun. I, how long... What's the longest a picnic can go? Four hours? We did have friends who took shrooms at school, though. Yeah, but shrooms is fine. That's quick, in and out. You can microdose mushrooms. Mescaline's kind of all in one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and how do you explain it when you start, you know, vomiting for five minutes? Well, I don't, I don't like this, uh, this whole he was poisoned by a thing because it gives, it gives drugs a bad name. Yeah, someone was trying to be cool with you, and you yeah. freaked out about it. You couldn't, you couldn't handle it. I was hallucinating, massive time distortions. Yeah, that's just being high on yeah, mescaline. It's like, high on mescaline, bro. You know, I, I've, I've heard people tell those stories too, where they drink a fuckload and they're like, someone slips something to my drink. It's like, no, you had 16 yeah. beers. Yeah. You, you had blacked not, out from drinking. You drank a handle of vodka. Someone didn't need to put extra <laughs> drugs in your drugs. You just did too many drugs. That is my favorite one when the lady's like, I think someone drugged me last night. It's like, bitch, you had 15 cocktails. Yes, you drank nothing. Nine Long Island iced teas. Yeah. I don't think someone slipped you something. You started drinking at brunch. What are you <laughs> talking about? Uh, where was I? Massive time distortions. I saw shadow entities jumping around on the bleachers. I barely even noticed being hit by a frisbee. That's hilarious. David Dude, on mescaline getting pegged t- with a frisbee. <laughs> but he's too zoned out. Just thousand yard stare. 
I ended up fleeing the school and never clearing out my locker as a result. I felt very badly about that. I don't know how funny is he just he ran he just away. ran away and never came back to never school. again. Uh, that's pretty that's pretty symbolic of David. Just Time, fleeing. Times got a little tough and he just literally ran away. I felt very badly about this and punished myself for years afterwards because I left my own handmade jewelry behind in my locker. Oh my God, he just keeps getting gay. <laughs> I was too freaked out to even care. Michael uses this story of my own poison pill to embed a much deeper prophecy. Best of all, the crazy pill I took was made by Big Pharma. No, it wasn't. Big Pharma doesn't make fucking mescaline they, pills. Yeah, they, you, they, uh, that definitely did not come from a phar- pharmaceutical company. That came from either Native Americans or Mexico. Although kudos to David for being cool enough to have a, a mescaline plug when he was in high school. Yeah, I mean, it seemed accidental. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they were just like, hey, you know what would be funny for the last senior picnic? What if we drugged that faggot over there? <laughs> well, it is fun to get people high. Yeah. I told you when I, that one time I went to the trap house with my midget roommate, and they're just like, we got to get him high. So yeah. they gave him acid and made him smoke dabs, <laughs> and they took off his pants and ran around the black apartment <laughs> complex banging on doors. Uh, big black lady answer. <laughs> just opened the door and there's a fucking na- uh, a midget with oh, his pants off. what the off. fuck is you doing, white boy? It was a good day. That, that story is told in other episodes for people who want to track that down somewhere. Um. David's ability to pick and choose prophecy as it fits him is truly remarkable. His his ability to only be able to translate things in a way that is positive for him, no matter yeah. what the prophecy says. Because here, here's an well, example. David's never prophesied about anything that doesn't help him. What would be the point of that prophecy? Although, ironically enough, if he had just been prophesying about his downfall for the last ten years his batting average would be pretty fucking high. Yeah, we're the real prophets at the moment. So David has this dream where he's at the Edgar Casey Hospital, which was a real thing. Uh, this hospital failed in only three years. So seeing as David is Edgar Casey, um, it seems like the natural message to take from this is in the dream, David, Edgar Casey started the hospital. So the parallel in real life would then be David starting Stavati, right? Right. And you would think the conclusion would then be that Stavati is going to fail the same way the hospital in the dream failed. One would assume, yes. That is not the message David takes from it. He says Stavati will be a, su- a success. And as the reason, this is what he cites as the reason uh, Stavati will be a success. Quote, my work in this lifetime now involves cooperating with 22 universities to create tech programs. David, we could be making so much money if you just let me produce the content. I want to go work at Stavati. I mean, it's a front. Yeah. I'm I don't all... think they have... I doubt they have an office. Uh, well, they got that, that like abandoned military base in New York. But do they really? Or did David just walk in there and think he'd bought it from someone? I don't know. I, I don't know what's real anymore. You know what I did see, though, is uh, uh, I saw it on Twitter. Stuvati is selling like desktop models of their planes now. Oh, that's all David meant. Yeah. Well, that's what he always shows off. Anytime you see him showing off like... Uh, yeah, his 3D printed models. Yeah. So now instead of just using those as... Uh, little like guides to follow when they build the actual planes they're just selling the models they're selling trinkets yes <laughs> instead of, they're supposed to have hover cars instead they have fucking trinkets look we thought we were going to hover cars but trinkets were all we could muster all right so david has a dream and uh, in this dream he's anointed as rapata da- david 
can keep playing this fucking fake bashful game where he says he's only channeling this information, but it's abundantly clear that he believes himself to be these people. He thinks he's Archangel Michael. He thinks he's Rabata. Later in this book, he may not again tap dance around being Jesus Christ. I mean, that's a lot of pressure to put on your so- your shoulders. The, uh, where, right, um, oh, yes, here is David's magnanimous response to being crowned Rabata. David's note, the Casey readings did say that Pata in Rabata was eventually dropped in favor of the single name, even though this was all, also Michael's E.T.'s name. I have no designs on power, nor do I seek to be the king of anyone or anything. This is all very strange stuff for me to discover as I unseal book five now in July of 2023. Don T was the pseudonym I chose to disguise the identity of my best friend in high school. I had no idea that 20 years later, Donald Trump would be the president Damn. and have can openers for Tim's. <laughs> what a stupid fucking dream. I can't stop thinking about how cool Donald Trump would be with can openers. Ah, folks, look, they said a man with can openers couldn't be president. And I said, I'm going to prove him wrong. No, we love can openers, everyone. We love them. We love them so it much. Just, it sounds like such a stupid 90s comedy movie. Where it's like, he's the president, but his hands have been replaced with can openers. <laughs> it is like a 90s sitcom. Yeah. It's president can opener hands. Everybody loves president. Now he opens cans with his hands. <laughs> Oh, it's president, and he's ruling the country one can at a time. So, David, uh, he... I've got to open. <laughs> We've got to open all the cans in Iran. <laughs> Can I go to Iraq and open them all? I had no idea that almost 20 years later, Donald Trump would be president. <laughs> it does appear that I won some sort of free and fair election <laughs> on Michael's level. My history is King Raw's apparently part... <laughs> Part of why they want me to run their embassy. Another key aspect. It's, just, it's so dumb. I it's can't so get out of fucking stupid. I know. It's, <laughs> it's so funny to imagine it is like an '80s sitcom. It's just the president trying to run the country with can opener hands. Although I'm also not fully comfortable with how easy it is for me for me to imagine Donald Trump with can openers. It, that's what makes it. There's something about like the way his suit is cut, <laughs> where it's like you would think he'd have can openers. As, yeah. Well, he can still do all his dances with the can opener hands. It all works. You know, it'd be useful a whisk. I feel like a whisk yeah. would be a good addition. Anyways, uh, my history is King Ra is apparently part of why they want me to run their embassy. Another key aspect, the aliens haven't even shown up and David has won the election to be president of aliens. Another key aspect is that I have tried my very best to live by the Law of One teachings ever since I first began reading them in January 1996, including forgiveness practices. Our embassy will apparently duplicate what we created in Zeptepi, or the first time in Egypt and Atlantis, where multiple types of ETs were interacting freely on Earth. Uh, side note, in this dream, after David is crowned king, he, he starts flying around, he says, like Peter Pan, and then he begins singing show tunes. That's pretty sick. It's also pretty gay. I mean, <laughs> his, it's, yeah. His celebration of being intergalactic president is to uh, sing the sound of music or some horse Quick, shit. Tinkerbell hit me with the flying dust. <laughs> there's, uh, there's an interesting section here where David, which, uh... You know, if it's interesting, that means David will naturally not comment on it. It's a channeling session in which uh, Edgar Casey's failed predictions is brought up. So the uh, the explanation for why 
Casey's readings failed is because he had opened himself up to negative entities. So anytime ah. Casey was wrong, it's because a negative entity uh, got in there right, and right. influenced him, including the trickster entity Halalil. Now, about 10 pages after this, uh, it goes into David having wrong predictions, which, of course, he doesn't touch on, and explicitly states, quote, and with trying to predict when the next big cataclysm would happen, that led to his, his meaning David's, corruption. It is not prudent or vital for any of you to be overly concerned with earth changes. That seems like a pretty direct commandment to not do the thing David has been doing. Well, you know, the rules don't apply to David. Is he doesn't need to worry about earth changes, which he's been obsessed with for the past two decades. And then he should not be predicting when the next cataclysm will be. I guess you could argue ascension isn't a cataclysm. It's it's a positive Yeah, thing. it's the opposite of a cataclysm. Um, another interesting development in this book is that in the channeling session, David begins to be referred to in the third person, whereas before it always been like a dialogue. Now it's, no. yeah, before, uh, so you get things like this, quote, those of you who have been requesting personal readings have unfortunately reached a point where David is quickly becoming saturated, and thus we will attempt to answer many of the questions most commonly cited as requests for personal readings in a more general nature. I mean, that is pretty cool to be like, to answer your phone and be like, I'm sorry, David can't come to the phone right now. This is the Archangel Michael just <laughs> checking in to tell you that David's a little pooped right now, so if you could try back a little later... Maybe he can predict the future. Thanks. Yeah, using aliens as your customer service yeah. representative is a pretty baller move. Hello, this is David's assistant. No, David is out of out of commission. Even for the, the aliens are India. Yes. Even the Indians outsourced. Hello, yeah. yes, this is the helpline for the tall whites. This is Clytron the tall whites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get some more ramblings about ascension. But we uh, finally get a concrete piece of what we need to uh, to achieve in order to ascend. All Quote, right. All of those, and we stress all of those who have cleared the 50% threshold in their desire to be of service to others, will be able to ascend at this time, if they so choose. So that uh, that 50% number, I believe, means that the love of others has to be 50% pure. And pure, I think, just means, like, good vibes. White. And maybe uh, it might have something to do with the amount of effort you allocate towards helping others. He explained it with regards to negative entities earlier in the book, but I, I, I don't know. It didn't make sense then either. But it does seem like 50% is a pretty low bar to clear. I mean, it's only half. Yeah, it's, it seems like it should be pretty easy. Uh, section 5, July 1999, Part 5. Damn, I didn't realize we're still in July on this. Uh, I always like insights into David's, you know, crippling drug addiction from when he was 15 or whatever. Yeah, from the time he tried marijuanas. Quote, I was trying to explain how all their drug experiences would be much better if they duplicated them on their own without the use of drugs. They did not want to hear that and were mostly happy with their lives as they were. David all right. Snow. <laughs> if I could just go get high by thinking about it. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I've brought this up before. If yes, if you could reproduce the feeling of drugs via other means, everyone would be addicted to meditating and jogging. I mean, that's pretty much one of the arguments for like the metaverse is yeah. eventually you'll be able to log in and be like, I'd like to be high on heroin today. Just, uh, uh, well, you know how meditating's not as good as heroin? 
you don't see a lot of homeless guys out there who can't stop meditating. Well, they look like, like they're he meditating. Can't get a job. He's, yeah, that's what the nod. Yeah, they certainly look like they're meditating, but they're actually unconscious. Yeah, Jerry can't get a job. He just, you know, he got into meditating. <laughs> He's hanging out with the wrong crowd. He's just, <laughs> he just, he decided he wants to just live on the streets and meditate. meditate. He lives in a tent, just meditating all day. Uh, by 1999, I'd been completely drug free for seven years. In my own life, the problem of codependency was often veiled with drug metaphors. No, in 99, what where David's talking? We're talking like 27. So, yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly. Well, David's like 50 now. So, his late 20s, from what I recall. I guess 22, 23, probably. Because it's seven years before 99 is when he got sober. So, he got sober 23 or so. Oh, okay. And he yeah. would have been he would have been about 29 to early 30s at right, this right, point. Right. Yeah, you can't get sober at 22. That's too early. You got you to gotta ride it out. You know, really make sure. I mean, unless you really get it in. Yeah. Even then. Uh, after spending two years in silent meditation, I can tell you that any type of sabbatical forces you to deal with the root causes of any attachment disorders you may have. Uh, I, I don't think him being isolated has fixed his attachment disorders. I think it just gave him new psychiatric disorders. Oh, it has exacerbated every single thing that's going on. I wouldn't say the glimpses into his life we've gotten have made me think things have improved. No, no. Mentally. I, uh, we know isolation is unhealthy, particularly for an unhealthy mind. Especially for someone who's as much of an extrovert as him. For me, it doesn't really bother me, but he needs to be around. He needs yeah. love and ad adulation. Yeah, he's a, he is an energy vampire. He needs the people. So there's a guy named uh, Bradley Cowan, and he believes he can predict the stock market using uh, pentagonal geometry and planetary cycles. That's pretty cool. I can predict the stock market by watching Nancy Pelosi's trades. Yes. My rate's pretty fucking effective and requires no math. The theory here is that interplanetary geometry can cause us to feel better, so we buy, or to feel worse, so we sell, on a collective level. Um, I would like to, this is the last thing, I would, you know, like to point out the irony of a guy in the book saying he can predict the stock market, and then David hopping on YouTube and being like, I'm fucking broke. <laughs> like, well, maybe use maybe use yeah. your psychic money making abilities to make money. Yeah, I would have tapped into that a little while ago, personally. But he does he does the ultimate psychic cop out move, which is he says, you know, the the spirits don't want you to be selfish. You can't just yeah. use it for personal benefit. Can't be greedy about it. So I think we're yeah, we'll stop there for today, and then we'll finish it up next episode. Whew. Yeah, it was a rough one to get through. But we're well. That's why the last ones are going to be tough. To where, like, I don't even know if we'll be able to get two full episodes out of them. He desperately needs to take all six of these books when they're done, hire an editor, and cut this all down to like four hundred pages total, and then put yeah. that book out. Because yeah. if you do what I'm doing, where you just pick out the interesting sections, it's not terrible. Reading it is a terrible experience, yeah. but summarizing it is not bad. But my summary is also, you know. 20 pages, not 300 and something. Yeah, it's rough when you're writing 300 pages to get 20 good ones. All right. Uh, Patreon.com slash Hidden Plain Side Pod. What's, oh, it's the DXM Intervention will be the Patreon yeah. episode this week. That's yeah, a good one. That's a good one. We're going to watch more Intervention after this. I got, Hell yeah. We're going to watch the, uh, the Walking on Sunshine episode. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, at Hidden Plain Side Radio on Instagram. You're at Brandon Steel Hidden on Instagram. We're at the Hidden Pod on Twitter. And we will return with the final part of book five on Friday. Hootie hoop. Mom bow.